Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And we are coming to you just a little bit late. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You're a bad man, and now we have to cancel Christmas. Well, you know, there's not much of a Christmas around here this week anyway, so uh, it wouldn't be that much of a leap. So, But yes, it is our, it is our, our holiday sampler, I guess you could say. Our holiday... Oh, wow, what was that? Yeah, note my festive attire. I do note your festive attire, and let me <laughs> let me do something here because I think I changed a setting. On and you broke the internet. Well, you moved, and, and I thought, well, wait a minute, where did that go? Because what happened was you. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, so yes, yeah, so to, so here we go. Our our one our holiday episode. Two, our last episode of the year. Three, our last episode of the season. So, uh, since we're counting uh, seasons as the, you know, each year as a season is kind of how we ended up counting all of this. Season eight will begin in January, I believe. Is it eight or nine? Oh, good Lord, I don't even know. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and look. Um, I, I would have to, I would have to check. I think uh, we could be start. Uh, it could be it could be season eight. I think we're starting season eight, but we could be starting season nine. So it's it's just you know, it's a it's a never ending it's a never ending thing, right? Right. Right. Um, let me look here. It says here. No, it's uh, okay. Yeah, we will be starting season eight in January. I'm glad we got that out of the way, and we can all rest easy now. We can all rest easy now. All right. So while you vamp on our topic tonight, I'm going to uh, try to get a widget in uh, to see if I can actually get this thing to work. So um, okay. So. Have at it, so, sir. Yeah, so it is our holiday episode. So basically, of course, we are genre fans. So it's genre films for the holidays. And I see my images being all glitchy over there on the internet. So yay for that. I didn't do it. Uh, well, that's all right. Worst case scenario, I'll just, you know, I've, you guys have seen the Christmas scarf. So I can basically, you know, just turn off my camera at some point but um the obviously you know there's there's a lot of fun genre uh, holiday films now of course you get on the horror side of thing and there's there's you know an infinite number of krampus movies and and we don't have to talk about those because most of them are terrible but <clears throat> well they just are i mean there there's a certain amount of fun to them but in terms of rec- you know recommending them and and something you can sit down with with friends and family around the holidays and, and watch and entertain yourself there's there's only so much krampus you can take um although there is uh at least one film that i in that genre that i, I definitely can recommend although we'll talk more about it on our 
post-holidays foreign bodies as we get into uh, holiday horror. We're going to come back at the first of the, the first part of the year and do that as we talk about uh, rare exports. But I can definitely encourage folks to check that out if you feel so inclined to have, you know, some uh, uh, Krampus-like storytelling. That's one I would recommend. But there's all kinds of stuff for for folks who are. You know, if you're sitting down and watching stuff with a kid, you know, um, or you're watching something with, you know, uh, fantasy fans or horror fans or, or science fiction fans, there's a lot of different holiday themed things. There's even Marvel movies that have that are set around the holidays. Uh, and consequently, you can, you know, if you want to get your Iron Man fix, you know, it was an <laughs> Iron Man three is set at Christmas. Yes. Um, so, um, and you know, if you want to, if you want to go with, uh, you know, depending on how you define fantasy, of course, Die Hard is a holiday picture. Um, As is, was it Bat Batman? Is it Batman Returns? Batman Returns. Batman Returns, Batman Returns is a holiday film. Yes, yes. it's one of. Um, so, so there are a handful of Christmas films that I watch every year, just because. Every now and again, I find myself with a day to myself and I can just sit there and don't have any responsibilities. I can sit there and binge watch movies, which is something I've I've actually loved to do since I've been uh, in high school. My friends mm-hmm. and I would get together and we'd do like movie marathons, right? Right. Back in the back in the the early days of VCRs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and in college, we do the same things. We'd get, bring together a bunch of friends and get a bunch of food and, and we'd watch movies all day. Yeah. But so I still do that a little bit around the holidays, and it's usually it's it's Die Hard, um, it's Scrooged, which of course is is one of my all time favorite Christmas films. Uh, that's you, you, that's yeah. Bill Murray and was it Richard Donner directed that one? Uh, I think it was Richard Donner. Yeah. Uh, that it's it's an incredible cast. It's so funny. It has the best use of uh, a toaster uh, in the history of film, um, and. Uh, uh, it's just a ridiculous amount of fun. And of course, you know, the extolling the virtues of stapling antlers to mice. So it, yeah, it's speaking of mice. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you find yours. So, okay. We have a couple of very humane traps that doesn't kill them. You know, it just, it just snaps the thing shut and they're locked in the box. Right. And we have now caught probably the same mice over and over again, but a total now of 10 times. And as it turns out, um, according to some friends of ours, mice apparently can find their way back to a location within about two or three miles. So my dropping them off in the very back acreage in the back 40 in the wilderness, apparently has done no good. So they continue to come back in and get into the stove. They're they're staying in the stove control panel is where they've been living. And they'll come out and they'll wander onto the stove top and they'll come into the box to get their cheese and snap the box shut. And sure. I, 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 last night I remembered, oh, I need to check the box. And I went in 
and found number eight. And his tail had been caught in the door. And I'm like, oh, that's not very good. All right, get get the tail back in there. Um, and then, you know, take him out in the middle of the night. Zero dark out there. And uh, uh, is what it is. So, yes, like... Uh, like uh, like Mrs. Boss says, number 10. See, now here is our gift to you. My gift to everybody here is our ability now to bring up individual chat comments on the show. Just what you've been asking N-O-B-S. for. N-O-B-S, and, and it's, a, it's a new tool. Uh, Robert there saying, Mary R47 Ingram of the season. It's a, it's a Scientology reference, I, I, I think. So there we are. We, it's, a, it's a new thing. It's called Twidget. I've been playing with it a little bit on Live from the Bunker, and I thought, well, you know, we'll do this here tonight and see how it goes. Oh, and your camera just died. What happened there? No, I just tried to turn it back on and turn it on and off again so that maybe uh, it stopped uh, uh, doing yeah. the weird... Probably <laughs> won't, but... Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's my internet box that's doing it. Uh, because you're not the only one that that's happened to. It's happened on a couple right. of occasions where I've had some people that have dialed in for some different things, and my I think I think my internet box is in its last days. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Uh, I think I've burned through a half a dozen since starting the starting the magazine and all of the shows and everything that we do. I think I've gone through maybe six. It's not a natural lifespan thing. I kill these boxes with as much as we do, I'm sure. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah. So, number 10, number 10 caught and, uh, and released. And yes, we do do catch and release. And yes, Robert, internet box is a, is a, is a official thing. Right. So, um, yeah, the the thing about holiday films, I have never really been a big let's you know let's get the hot cocoa and watch some Scrooge right. and a Christmas Carol all these other things. I've seen uh, I've seen an American Christmas Carol with uh, with Henry Winkler. Uh, and hello there, Cam. Good to see you here as well. Um, I've seen, what have I seen? I don't think I've seen the George C. Scott one. Oh, I have. I've seen clips of it. I, my, my sister is a big fan of that one. Uh, Although the, the, fine, the finest one, one of I've, those, of course, is the, is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's the one with Michael Caine. Who, who really just, you know, he, he really pointed out the, the best way to make a Muppet movie, the best way to act in a Muppet movie, is to treat them completely like they are 100% real. Yeah. And once you do that, you have cracked the how to work with puppets thing. And all you have to do is just look at that film and just see how much fun everyone is actually having, including, you know, here's somebody who is, is playing one of those miserable human beings in the literature <laughs> and yet he's so clearly having a wonderful time. So, yeah. and that's one that's that's one of those films that you definitely obviously you can watch with with family. You can watch with kids, um, and you know it's 
I'd say it's a genre movie. It's clearly a fantasy. There's a whole lot of talking animals. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I mean, not not just not just the talking animals, but a, but a Christmas Carol just in general. Oh, sure. You've got ghosts. Uh, you ghosts and you've got, you've got um, time travel ish. Mm-hmm. You have uh, sure. uh, alternate reality. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what this is what things would have been. I was like, uh, 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 it's a wonderful life. Same way. Right. It's you a know, yeah. It, well, this... I mean, clearly it's 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 a these are fantasy films. And, you know, they're the kind of things that you definitely can watch with family. And whether you're a, whether you're a horror fan or a, a, a science fiction or a fantasy fan or any of these things, you know, <clears throat> depending on depending on what what your family does for the holidays, mine. Mine, the few times of the year that I actually watch football mm-hmm. games on TV, I can I don't, I, I have nothing against sports. I love watching most sports in their ballpark, arena, or stadium, or wherever. I like actually being there live. Televised sports bores me. Not to mention, I think color commentators are the worst thing ever invented i do not require someone to tell me that i just saw what i just saw (laughs) well and i think i think part of that is the um the color commentary if it's done right can give you some insight into what why a thing just happened that just happened you know it's not necessarily on the radio Color commentary is fantastic. Yeah, but on TV, uh, it just irritates me. So anyway, so but I will actually sit there and watch <laughs> football games with with my family, and and because it's it, it's fun for me to watch it with them. Right. But we also every now and again will sit there. My dad and I will, you know, usually at some point in the day, some some movie will come out, and uh, it's usually something that one of us got for the for you know the holiday, but. There's been a few, there's been some Christmas movies in there from time to time. Mm. Um, and I think that um, there's some things that are outside the normal, the normal things. We all, we all, you know, It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Carol and Scrooged and Gremlins, of course, is another Christmas movie. Um <laughs> You know, Nightmare Before Christmas, always a good one. Um, but we, you forget some of the ones like um, Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas. Um, the movie Toys, Robin Williams movie, uh, is set at the end of the year. It's not specifically Christmas, but... Right. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, that's that's a film that I think visually is so rich and interesting scripts a little eh, but the performances in the movie are just so much fun to watch and it's it's one of those it's one of those films that that i've always really really liked and you just don't you know it's not you don't think of it when you think of robin williams films it's it's not one of the ones that's in up there right uh but i'm a you know i'm a design guy Uh, i'm a production designer guy so that the visuals of that film are and it's it's another one you could watch with a family if you wanted to do it I, um, yes, Mindy, Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. I went, uh, I saw a, a meme um, that took the, the, the photograph of um, Kurt Russell from The Thing mm-hmm. and juxtaposed it with 
his turn as Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> and said, uh, you know, one of the things, one, one leads to the other or something. I was like, well, wait a minute. Hold on here. Uh, Robert says, I keep thinking Sleepy Hollow is a Christmas music. A Christmas movie because I associate it with scissor hands. That that's a possibility there. Um, Sleepy Hollow. Um, is that the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow? I presume so. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it, I ever make a Christmas connection with it. But I. I don't know. Well, and and I know that there were a lot of people around this time who get the Lord of the Rings. DVDs out, the extended editions, sure, and sure. sit for the entire holiday season and run through those. Because well, um, you got time, you got you usually right. have time, so you. <laughs> I would say probably if you were going to do that, if you're going, if you're going to take that kind of time, I would suggest reading the books, not just watching the movies. Because, well, yes. I mean, yes, it would take a little bit more time, possibly. But it's it's one of those where I think you get a lot more... As, as much as those films do well, I still think that the source material is much more satisfying from a story perspective because it tells a it tells a deeper richer story well you can you can get into the detail it's like it's like well it's like any novel not any novel but most novels mm. when adapted to film by the we we've talked about this before the reality is is you're going from one one medium to another so mm. things are going to change and the and, and in that process things get lost <clears throat> um the favorite part for me for watching those extended cuts is watching the extras yeah because there's so much rich information about the making of the films that is so much fun for me to watch but i saw a photograph the other day um <laughs> robert says we need a director's cut with two hours of tom bombadil i don't you know is he even I, I, in I, any of the cuts um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of some Tom cut? Bombadil material, but I don't think, I think luckily it did get cut out. It's, it's some of the weakest part of the Lord of the Rings story in general, as far mm. as I'm concerned. And I think a lot of people, it's the scouring of the Shire that they miss. Yeah. That was cut. Um, and I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna want something put back in, that's the one that I think a lot of fans wish they had as opposed to Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I I would think... not knocking the Bombadil fans. I'm just saying, <laughs> just well, saying, you guys, and if, if you're going to, if you're going to be reading those, I mean, yes, the behind the scenes, I, I mentioned, I, I saw a photograph the other day uh, and it's something that I've never seen before. And it tracks with how they made the film, but it's a, it's a photograph of uh, Ian McKellen as Gandalf and uh, uh, Ranger, what's his name, uh, Aragorn, uh, mm. there, and they're in they're in the Elven city, right? It's that it's that mm -hmm. part where they assemble the the fellowship and before right, they all sure. go their separate ways, and there are children dressed as the hobbits. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, 
it makes a certain amount of sense. Of course, yes, the, you would you would put children there. Um, but I've never, and maybe I just missed it, but I've never seen anything that documents that they had children standing in for the hobbits on certain things. They just, I guess they did face replacement or something. I'm not sure, but uh, but they were in costume. It wasn't like they were placeholders. I think there was some of that on the extras. Um, I, anytime, most of the time I think about uh, children standing in for characters, I think of, of the first Alien movie where Ridley oh. Scott's kids played the astronauts mm-hmm. uh, who are our, our, our characters because they're exploring the alien craft. And as I recall, they almost passed out because <laughs> they were... <laughs> Suits were not exactly designed to be particularly friendly for uh, uh, breathing. So, <laughs> well, and the other the other part of that too is uh, I go by I, I think about the um, the dark crystal mm. because there's a couple of shots where the puppet is not practical. Mm-hmm. It's a kid running through the scene and you don't see anything right. you don't see the face you don't see anything it's just you know you see the kid from the back they're climbing up the wall or they're running around on the balcony right. thing sure. so every now and again well i mean they even did it in star trek you know star trek mm-hmm. the motion picture they do with that forced perspective back to the engine room the two the two engineers in the helmets all the way back in the back were were kids you had an older kid and then you had a a little kid back there to to make it look like he was much further away force perspective right. is is a lot of fun to play with if you if you if you know how to do it right that's very true yeah but i would also um, suggest reading the c.s lewis stuff the narnia the narnia stuff oh sure yeah i think i think it's interesting that we you don't you don't think about it much but there's pretty much a a christmas holiday film for just about any mood mm-hmm. um, in genre. So I mean, if you if you feel if you're if you're if you like dark and grim for the holidays, <laughs> um, those movies are out there. And I'm not talking about just horror films. Children of Men. Yeah. That um that I mean, which is which is really just an amazing movie. Um, it's a holiday film. It's set at Christmas. It deals with potentially this uh, a savior being born. The themes are so just, I guess, spoiler. Um, <laughs> there's the, the themes of that story are so very much tied into yeah. um, holiday messages. But it is a grim, grim film. It's incredibly well crafted and has some of the best, uh, one of the best car chases in genre. Um, but. Uh, uh, if you you know and and if you want super hopeful and yet a fantasy film, one of the few, and I'm I'm really hopeful for some of the stuff that's coming out from from his daughter, uh, but Terry Pratchett's Discworld, uh, the adaptations of the Discworld books, mm-hmm. uh, there have been several um, mixed variety, but Hogfather, which is the one set at the Discworld's version of Christmas with their with its version of of uh santa claus um the main one of the main characters is you know death's granddaughter um it's it's a very well-made film um with some fantastic acting and it's very funny 
Yeah. Uh, but it's actually just really uh, a very good holiday film and ultimately very optimistic about what it, why we believe in things as a child, mm-hmm. why we believe in things like Santa Claus and why we, you know, why we teach our children when they're very young that this mythical thing comes and brings them <laughs> presents. Why do we do that? Well, it's because if we teach them the big ideas like that, then later in life, they'll believe in things like truth and justice and generosity and, and generosity. And so that, so that they, they aren't, they don't grow up bitter <laughs> mm. and, 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 and cold hearted. And it's, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, Terry Pratchett books but it's also just a really well-crafted uh, fantasy film that if you aren't even familiar with Terry Pratchett, you don't need to know the Discworld, anything else about Discworld to enjoy this movie. You know, um, it's it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the Terry Pratchett books and having a, a, a holiday story there. I It just hit me. I got to thinking about some of the different series of books that I read, and... Uh, the Dragon Riders of Pern, out of all of the 20-some-odd, 25, 30 books that Anne, uh, Anne McCaffrey and her son and, or, and her daughter now, because uh, uh, Georgia's done some, uh, out of all of the stories that they've written, I don't think there's any one that has any kind of a holiday thing, because you're... You're on another planet. Yes, it's a it's a colony. But sure. it starts well, it starts several thousand years after the colony was established and they've lost a lot of their history in the in the, in right. the cataclysms that have come in between. But the prequel type, the prequel era, the landing era stories I don't know that there's anything set around Christmas, any kind of mention of recognition of Christmas, except maybe a scene in one book. I don't know. But uh, it, it just hit me that, that I don't think that there is uh, a, a perned version of, of Christmas. I think one of the ways that, that some science fiction stories help establish a sense of being alien or, or you know, far in the future is that it distance ourselves from some of the things that we we generally recognize as ordinary holidays yeah i mean if you you um some of that stuff can root things too much in the familiar <clears throat> and so if it's so so a short, and we talk about we kind of talk shorthand a lot on this show yeah one of the ways narratively in a in a book is uh, shorthand is to remove the things that you recognize um, sometimes that could stuff can be really, you know, can root your story very much in a, in a reality that you want to give somebody that sense of, 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 you know, grounding it. But I think when you get into, get into alien planets and, and the far future, it's one of the ways that you can sit there. And if you, you know, if they're, if they're not celebrating birthdays or Christmas or Halloween or any of those things, you know, you can, it it helps it feel a little more alien, a little more yeah. removed from the world that we know. Uh, Robert mentions uh, ha- having the Star Wars marathons and 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 then Star Trek marathons, and he and he talks about here. He mentions here is genu- genuinely sad when Shatner skipped Leonard Nimoy's funeral. Um, 
and I just just as a as a quick point on that, um, we don't know exactly what happened between William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy at the end. They were they were fast friends. They were very close friends up until a certain point when something happened. And Shatner has acknowledged something happens. He doesn't even know. He's not sure. At least he doesn't. He, according to him, he doesn't know exactly what it was that he did. But Nimoy apparently had gotten irked about something. And they had a, a falling out. And when Nimoy passed away, Shatner was scheduled for a, a, a convention appearance. Hmm. And the family, I guess, he had he had spoken with the family, and I guess they said, no, he would want you to go and do the show and talk to the fans and appear to the fans and whatnot. My understanding is that Shatner met with the family afterwards. So I, however much, you know, however accurate that is, uh, I, I, I seem to recall that Shatner did reach out to the family and do something in private. Uh, after that so but yeah it was it was disappointing to to hear that they had had a falling out right there before Leonard Nimoy's passing well I think that I think that it's it's important to remember and this is really hard for people to do to separate the actor from the characters they play mm-hmm. and the relationships those care those characters have with each other and make them the relationships the actors have with each other because sometimes they are friendships yeah and sometimes they're just working relationships. Yep. And there are folks who look fantastic on camera together and are amazing and in terms of the character interaction. <laughs> and yet off camera, they can't stand each other. They can't stand each other. And surprisingly, they call that acting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cam points out here, talk, going back to what you were talking about earlier, as far as like the, the, the alienness and, and mm-hmm. such. Uh, I think a point of reference is a very interesting connection like Van Gogh paintings and Jewish people in later Herbert Dune books. So you you look at something with, with I mean, in really starting with like God Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've got a character, your main character is as alien as Leto has become. Because he's, spoiler alert for decades old science fiction novel, <laughs> He's merged. He's he's basically uh, wearing a sandworm still suit, and it's 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 become part of him, and he's evolved into basically a human a human sandworm hybrid. And he carries these inc- these incredible ancestral memories, um, reaching back to you know throughout human history. And so he's this he's this weird mixture of extremely alien, and yet in a story that's set so far in the future that humanity has essentially forgotten earth. Mm, right. He has these memories that are just as vivid. And so he understands things. You could, you, 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 you know, the, the, while, while religion has shifted and changed, he remembers all these things while art has shifted and changed. He remembers all these things. And then of course, Herbert just exploring different ways that, that, uh, politics and religion and and humanity itself changes over time um there's a lot there uh and i'm like i said i've we mentioned when we were talking about watching uh the most recent version of dune 
part one. Um, I, I really, really want a God Emperor of Dune uh, miniseries. I doubt I'm going to get it, but I, I want it. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting because when you know Robert mentions marathons, I know that there are families out there uh, who will have uh, my ex-wife's family for a number of years. All of the cousins, anytime that there was any kind of Star Wars film that came out during the during during the the golden years, mm-hmm. the time before, right? Um, they would get together. And family reunion in West Texas would be all the cousins get together and everybody goes to see the new Star Wars movie. And it would be, mm-hmm. I, if I remember right, it would be around Christmas time yeah, where they'd go and too. see the thing. And it's interesting that even with films that are not holiday films, they're still... Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be, maybe it wouldn't be around Christmas time because the release dates weren't December back then. But anyway, you get these family traditions and even if it's not a a holiday film, you have, you know, people that, that do these things around genre films like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, and it becomes this bigger than it actually is just a thing you know it becomes it becomes sure. bigger you know greater than the sum of its parts i guess you could say where there there there's a meaning to it an emotional meaning to it that doesn't necessarily come from the from the story itself it comes from everything around the activity that's we're going to all go to the, see this movie or um, you know, we, we go, we go see this, you know, the nutcracker or whatever. Right. And there's also this times where you have, uh, you know, from, from a literary standpoint, you know, there are some families, I don't think it's very, very, very frequent now, but some will crack open the book and somebody, you know, in the older generation will start reading stories to the younger generation. The other thing, David Weber talks about uh, a story that he ran across when he was a kid. It was called David and the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it's a children's story. And it's a story about revival and hope and resurrection and that kind of thing. And it's not necessarily a Christmas story, but I think it's something that you could read aloud to the kids in the holiday season because it's it's about relationships and it's about how relationships change and you know when the phoenix dies and is reborn you know david goes through this grieving process but then realizes hey this is this is the phoenix this is this is the same this is this is my friend and Maybe he doesn't recognize me, but maybe he does. And there's that there's that glimmer of hope there at the end of the story. I think those experiences give us a lot richer um, heritage, I guess you could say, legacy in our families than just going to the movie. You know, it's it's different around the holidays than. Like, say, if you're going to see the next summer blockbuster and you get all of your friends together and you go as a group, 
or if you you know everybody cosplays and you go see the next Harry Potter film or whatnot, that's a lot different than sure. doing something that's specifically timed around a holiday of some sort, especially around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, uh, depending on depending on the family, that uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who have that kind of tradition going on. Yeah. Um, there's some, you know, I think that, I mean, some people, some people love holidays. Some people don't. Some people enjoy getting together with family around this time of year. And some people don't. And, and what, I think whatever, um, you're going to, you're all right. You're going to live. Gonna, I'm not, I, I thoroughly enjoy getting together with family. I'm not that enamored still with. The Christmas season, uh, there's, I it it takes a little bit for me to get excited about it. Anyway. I mean, I'm, I am not a Scrooge um, by any stretch of the imagination. My fam, for my family, we are not. We like getting together for holidays, but we're not big holiday people. Yeah, I mean, so it's we it's it's the getting together, it's the being together. Part. and and as we get older you know you, you it matters more of course when your sure. folks get older as you get older and you appreciate that kind of thing with your family and if you you know if, if you've got that kind of relationship with your family not everybody does and it's okay you know whatever whatever relationships you have with with family hopefully you're getting to spend some time with with uh, people you you enjoy spending time with for the holidays um, or, or if, I mean, I've had plenty of Christmases where I have been completely on my own. My folks used to go up to Iowa every year to visit their parents, right. Yeah. When they were still alive. And so they'd be in Iowa on Christmas day. And so I do Christmas like a week before anybody else. Mm, yeah. And then I'd be like, on Christmas Day, I'd be like, I'm sleeping in. I don't care. <laughs> you, know, you guys to go do what you want to well, do. I'm fine. Well, um, and, we, and we would do it. Uh, well, especially, you know, given that you had uh, uh, when I was when I was younger, you had two sets of grandparents. Right. So mm. one holiday, we'd go either Thanksgiving to Arkansas, Christmas to Louisiana, and then next we'd go Christmas to Christmas to uh, Arkansas and Thanksgiving to Louisiana. I mean, we'd we'd flip them back and forth and try to be fair, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the older I get, and as you know, surviving a divorce and having to deal with all of the stuff that that falls out of that with holiday schedules and the kid and and whoever who's Whose Christmas is it this year type right, of sure. thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's become a little bit less of a priority for us that everybody gets together on Christmas. It's always been, right. you know, especially the last few years and now with the with the lockdown, it's well, when we get to it, when we're able to, you know, this this mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it's it's a little bit less pressure i guess from one standpoint of we've got to we've got to be in texas for christmas i would love to get down to texas to see my family because i haven't seen them forever uh we had a plan to go down uh for fan expo dallas and that kind of fell mm -hmm. apart at, at the last at the last but it's it's one of those things where you know and you're right 
everybody's getting older and how many more do you have? And, and it's like, well, you know, it's because, uh, my, my ex-wife's mother just passed away here back in November and, and, or, or no, it was the end of September. And that affects the kids, you know, James, mm-hmm. James sure. took that very, very hard. And, you know, it's one of those things where now you're starting to understand the parents are not going to be with us that much longer. Right. So it becomes even more imperative that we get down to Dallas just to, you know, just to see everybody. You know? Right. And it doesn't have anything to do with holiday. No, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I've had years where just the nature of the job yeah. I was working meant that I would, <clears throat> excuse me, um, kind of have to choose between, you know, going down on Thanksgiving and going down on Christmas or, mm-hmm. or, you know, or yeah. I would literally drive down the morning of and then back the night of. So right. I'd be, you know, I'd drive, uh, I'd be in, I'd be, I go down to Wichita to visit my parents for Christmas and I'd be there for like five hours and I turn around and drive back. I think um, I retrieved you one of those trips when your car died. Right. So yeah, the, the the transmission blew on the on the uh, <laughs> whatever car that was. Yeah. Um, was it the Dumina? No. Yes, it was, it was the Lumina. Yeah. It was it was it was the Chevy Dumina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's a the fact that currently I don't have to worry about that now. Of course, you know, um, depending on what my parents are doing uh it can be a you know going down and spending several days or going down and just you know being there for like a day and a half or whatever um you know it's it's but it's nice because i actually i I can actually do that now Uh, there are years and years and years i couldn't do it and of course my retail the retail years Mm, yes you know i'd work up through christmas eve and then well, that was a thing. It was a Thanksgiving that I had to set up <clears throat> merchandising display stuff on Thanksgiving Day at the bookstore that I worked at because mm. the next day was Black Friday. So, you know. Yeah. But. Well, and, and you know, the other part of that is, you know, as as priorities change, as, you know, the the schedules become either more hectic or less hectic and it's one of those i i think i think we suffer a little bit because there's not as much of an opportunity there's not as much of a priority on creating those family traditions around the holidays like let's watch the star wars marathon let's watch the harry potter movies let's watch the you know lord of the rings or you know read i mean the the grinch the grinch is a fantasy book sure you know uh you know a christmas carol or any any of those things i i think uh, i don't i don't know that there's less of priority as much as maybe there's less of an opportunity and we need i think it's less of an i think it's less of an opportunity and i think that to some degree this is a this is a this is a pro and con of the modern world as we air quotes all over the place. Yeah. Um, but really up until like the 1940s mm-hmm. when we weren't driving as much. Yeah. Right. Really come back from world war two, the automotive, you know, exploded. The automotive suddenly we, suddenly we were all so much more mobile. Mm. 
And so we spread out and families weren't staying in the same town their entire lives and having that kind of connection. And I think that that for all the downside, which we've mentioned a few times over the years, of like <laughs> the internet age. No, yeah. The fact is, the fact is that when we have spread out like this, <clears throat> and we don't get to see each other as often as we might have, um, the connections we get with things like you know, I mean, I don't want a repeat of us all being you know, I don't want a repeat of twenty twenty. Oh, but no. the fact that you would actually so many people got used to talking to each other through video. It became just something that you could do and something that people did. So yeah. even if you're on the other side of a country from somebody or across the world, um, because, of course, you know, international travel is still a thing that happens. So even if you've got that distance between people, you can still talk to folks. You and I are talking to each other, you know, through the through power, the, the magic of the Internet. So I the know. thing is, is that we get, you know, for, for, there's downsides. There's no question. But the fact that you can still connect with folks. Now, that said, I have never had a Zoom call with my father. <laughs> we just never have. I mean, there's no yeah, reason. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because my kid used to have Skype calls with my folks. Mm -hmm. And sure. it it he's he's gotten to a point where it's not really that it's a lot of trouble. I mean, he's you know, he's gotten older. He's he's going to be 20 next year, uh, next next month. Oh, boy. And you know he he keeps to himself a lot and mm. he doesn't he doesn't talk to a whole lot of people about anything about anything anywhere you know just whether it's a text or a phone call or or online he never uses his email address you know he's barely on social media so it, it's one of those things where he doesn't he doesn't stay connected a whole lot anymore to people and I, I guess I'll have to ask him about that. When the last time is he? Because he'll talk to them on the phone now. Sure. Um, but he hasn't he hasn't gotten into to Skype with them very often in the in the last couple of years. Maybe maybe he doesn't have a computer. So yeah, my they got, a, they got an app for that though. I, uh, my, my <laughs> folks my folks are pretty tech savvy. I mean they've got they've got like a computer. They've got a, a desktop and a laptop, a couple of laptops, and and so, I mean it's not like they don't they don't have the the tools or the skill set. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, we're, we've, we've gotten in the habit of talking on the phone when we talk to each other, when yeah. we're not around each other. So it's just, I mean, that's, that's the habit that we've got. So yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, I did want to leave folks with a few recommendations that they might not necessarily think of for holiday films. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, um, there's a musical film, Australian film, New Zealand or Australian film called Anna in the Apocalypse. I've heard of this. And it is a musical. And it's a musical zombie comedy. <laughs> and I found it to be very fun. Uh, it's uh, uh, just cheerfully, if, especially if you are tired of zombie movies. Mm, yes. Um, it is. It is worth it because it cheerfully riffs on what you expect and don't expect a zombie film to be. Mm. Uh, and I really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's got a fantastic cast and the numbers are, I mean, it's 
there are full-blown classical, cl what you think of as a musical numbers, but now with more zombies. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, because that's what you do, right? Right. Um, and uh, there are, um, uh, it's not necessarily what you would expect, right? And and mm -hmm. that's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then, uh, um, like I, I said, I mentioned rare exports. I definitely think you, should, if you, if you want, you know, eldritch horror in your holidays, um, <laughs> uh, and, and of course I recommend the, the rare exports short films. You can find those on YouTube. Um, and, uh, if I can find the list of it, I can't remember what it's called. There is a. Uh, I don't know. Does Thriller count? It's a, well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's zombies. I, I don't think it's. And if you can find it, the Sci-Fi for Me channel movie, Letters to Satan Claus. The Sci-Fi for a, Me channel movie. Of the the sorry Sci-Fi sci channel. channel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jason. Did you not know that we made a film? I didn't know we no. made a film. I didn't. I the, didn't know the, we did it. The Sci-Fi Channel. Um, get 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 the unrated version because is it's <laughs> slightly bloodier. You know, and a little we more scary, could, but we could make those films. We oh, yeah. could do Sci-Fi for Me original movies. We could. Um, but yeah, letter to, letters to Satan Claus, and it is um, it is every cheesy hallmark <laughs> christmas movie but with murder <laughs> sure and murder murder and satan um and it is so much fun it is I, I actually got a chance to talk to the director and writer of the film and they are just they were they were clearly having a great time but it is it is definitely one of those movies <laughs> that if you don't like hallmark movies Yes, Cam says Hallmark movies are murder right. on my if, if you don't like them, this is a movie you will like because it it clearly it 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 looks at Hallmark films and goes, yeah, we hate them too. Yeah. Aren't they funny? There's Not with another. Murder. Well, there's another one, um, and I can't remember. I'd have to look it up because I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, Jill Wagner. Uh, she's been posting uh, post-pregnancy workout videos and stuff on her on her social media, but she just finished a Christmas kind of a Hallmark type of thing, but it's not a Hallmark channel. It's a diff. It's a new channel that's come out that is. I don't want to say I don't I don't know if it's a faith-based kind of like a faith-based Hallmark-ish kind of channel, but I can't, I, I don't know that I have That's that a right. Redundance. Well, There's no. A, well, I, I think, I think, I think that for folks who want, I think Hallmark kind of, it's, it's faith-based light. Yeah, but they don't ever get into actual faith well, they're, they're things. Trying, they're know, trying to have the broadest appeal sure. to the broadest number of people. Sure. It's, so, it's family-oriented. It's, it's sure, that right. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to say that this channel is is more actual faith-based. And, sure. and I have to say that I have seen... I haven't seen them, but just from the marketing and looking at various different production values that I see in some of the, you know, the trailers and the marketing for some of this stuff, 
it seems like faith-based productions are starting to actually feel like they're less the ABC after school special and more let's tell a story and yes, it's got a moral to the story, but we're going to let people figure that one out as opposed to telling them what it is at the end, you know, right? Where, you know, that, that whole Davy and Goliath thing. So well, years and years ago, years and years ago, our friend Kendall sin, um, uh, uh, Kansas city based filmmaker. Uh, and I used to talk about that. I'm, I'm not particularly religious and he is. And we would discuss the fact that, that the vast majority of, well, I'm I'm interested in the history of religion. I'm interested in I, I like the the on an intellectual level. I'm interested in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but as he and I both agreed that so many religious films were just bad. They were just bad. Yeah. And and what we thought would be, wouldn't it be cool if someone just did a really really good film about faith that didn't feel like you're being bludgeoned over the head? <laughs> and and I think that I think that there's 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 folks who are doing better jobs at that. There's still some of that out there. It's subtlety. Not every filmmaker is as subtle as you would like them to be. Yeah. Um, and and that is that's not that's not limited to to faith based films either, um, or holiday films. It's yeah. there's you know some some big budget pictures. You're like, right? Yeah. Subtle well, you are not. This is called a Christmas miracle for Daisy, and it's the GAC Family Channel. Apparently GAC, and I don't know what what that stands for, just right off the top of my head, but it's um, it's a group of channels. Mm-hmm. So kind of like you've got Discovery and Discovery History and Discovery Science and Discovery, you know, all of the brand is GAC, and then you have sure. you know, like, I think like four, three or four different channels. So you have the Family Channel, kind of like Hallmark is a Family Channel. So it, it it is it is good to see faith-based productions take themselves a little bit more seriously on the one hand, less seriously on the other hand, in terms of, you know, their approach right. to what kind of stories oh, they yes. tell. Self-seriousness can be the death knell of, of many different kinds of stories. Yes. Um, but if there's there if you're if you're feeling um most most genre films around the holidays don't get into that realm of storytelling outside of things like it's a wonderful life. There's, there's, it's, you know, these hopeful, there's hopeful messages for a lot of these things, even films like children of men, which is so dark. It ends with a, a hopeful. Yeah. It ends on a hopeful note, by the way, it vastly improves the the ending of the film is a vast improvement over the ending of the novel. It's one of my one of those films where I can say that it ends better than the novel does because yeah, um <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the novel for you, but it's a very different ending. Yeah. And there's a there's a hopefulness even to that dark kind of storytelling. Um that that I think that you can you get with some of these films that are set around the holidays that are basically um you know whether they're whether they're trying to have a message of faith or not and most of most genre films aren't they're still trying to give you an idea of hope and positivity during the season yeah um even if it's something as simple as john mcclain defeating the bad guys for christmas or the gremlins not eating everybody um <laughs> you know, 
you know, and and if you want if you want to go dark, the horror the horror genres got you know, Black Christmas, Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night. You can you can go grim for the holidays if you want. Speaking of but which, if you want the positive stuff, it's there. Yeah. Speaking of which, on Wednesday, Christopher Hoffman is going to be a guest host on Live from the Bunker, and he's talking about holiday horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's got some recommendations, and he's got uh, an, an analysis of some horror type of programming that's that's uh, around the holiday season. So he's going to talk about that on Wednesday. Um, Robert mentions Mel Gibson in the chat, and and it reminds me that he's he's made a holiday movie, Fat Man, and I hear a lot of really positive buzz about this film it's santa he's playing santa claus Mm. with a gun it's a kind of a not i don't know if it's action adventure type of thing but it's you know it's a revenge picture you didn't give me what i wanted when i was a kid so now i'm now i'm putting a contract out on you type of thing and i'm like well that's a different way to do it (laughs) but uh, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I hear a lot of good things about that film, you know, whatever you may think about Mel Gibson or, or not, you know, I have not seen, I have not seen really any, any negative about that film, about Fat Man. Well, I think that, you know, again, we, we come back to separating who the, who the performer is versus the roles they play. I mean, there are, we've talked about. We, over the last several years, we've seen plenty of very, very talented people who have blown up their personal lives. It's not, it's not a recent thing. It's been people who have been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, as I as I, I like to remind <clears throat> folks, one of my favorite artists in the history of art is a guy named Caravaggio, and he did a whole lot of murdering. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, amazing artist, incredible talent, and. A tendency to kill people. I think. I think the other thing you run into with that, and and when this this could be a conversation for another another show, but sure, you have especially in this day and age of the internet, remembering everything, and the internet never forgets. And we want sure. to pile on on something you did ten years ago just because. I think it's difficult now, more difficult now, to recover from one thing or a, a past series of things like oh well, that was that was something i did 10 years ago i'm not like that anymore i did i i don't do I, that I, anymore i think it depends on the situation i mean well you get, you yeah it like, does but you also James. have you also have social media sitting there saying remember we're not going to let you forget this thing well i think there's a difference between james gunn the things that james gunn said that of course you know well, I don't mean that him specifically. Bit. I'm well, just talking about just but, in general. Sure, but I mean, you look at uh, as a specific James Gunn versus Mel Gibson's meltdown. They're different beasts, and I think that you know, uh, or certainly you know, um, um, you know, the amazing talent that that was Kevin Spacey, mm. and you know, I mean, it's he's not. He's he's plenty rich. He's not he's not hurting for money. So it's not like, you know, no. uh, but but, you know, I mean, it's I think that there's some degree that that, you know, back in the old days, the studio would sweep that stuff under the rug. Well, sure. They had, and I'm not they saying had whole they divisions of the studio, that job it was to protect their stars. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a shame <clears throat> that this person murdered three people. 
but, but his picture is coming out next week. Nominated for an Oscar. Yes. Exactly. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, but, you know, there are times where you, when you sit there and say, okay, when is enough enough? And, and that's not, not where we're going to get into it tonight because tonight we're going to get in holiday stuff. We have to be in a, a festive spirit, a holiday spirit. Um, since this is our last episode of the year we're we're going to be going into the new year 2022 uh and yes that does include a new title sequence and we'll probably do some new graphics for the for the new season so be looking for Mm -hmm. that um i want to i want to close out the show with a couple of resolutions since you know we're not going to be doing anything there for the new year i'm i'm going to resolve a couple of things um the first is my my effort. I'm going to do my best to do better prep for this show because this this out of all of the different things that I do here, this is the one that feels like I shortchange it a little bit more in on the research and homework side because I'm tied up doing mm. everything else everywhere else and producing all of these other shows that I just flat out run out of time. I mean, we did good coming up with a list, you know, and we stuck to that list fairly well. It was like, Hey, here we got this list of topics and we know what we're going to do next week. So, so 2022, my goal is to do a little bit better prep for this particular show. And, um, we wing it pretty well. We, we do, we do, but I, I I feel like I should be a little bit more on the ball sometimes. You know, there are there are there are shows where I sit and, and think I should I should be doing more here. So so that's 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 one. The other one, the other resolution that I am going to have, uh, and it, and this concerns both you and the audience in general, <clears throat> is that. No matter what happens in the next couple of years, I am not going to hold anyone's politics as the standard by which I measure all of you, all of your humanity. (laughs) I'm going to sit there and say, all right, we'll put that in a box. That's over here (laughs) and and not do it. Because, you know, there's you and I have had some some lively conversations and i do appreciate sure. you know the fact that we have different perspectives and whatnot um but i'm glad you're part of this i'm glad you're my friend i'm glad you're my partner in this show i think we we have a a very good dynamic here i uh, think so and and i look forward to doing more so do i so there's that. There's, uh, there's my two my two resolutions. Hopefully, I can keep two. <laughs> I have not even thought about resolutions yet. <laughs> well, I won't be putting you on the spot. You're you're. When you're we close. come back, I will okay. I will I will have okay. uh, uh, whether and whether or not I even broke them by the time that we made our our uh, <laughs> uh, our, our next episode. But yeah, we. I think I think that one thing that uh, I, I'd like to say is that. For the folks who have stuck with us all this time, um, who who tune into the show, whether you whether you watch it or you listen to it, um, we appreciate you guys coming along and and 
we've had, I think, a lot of fun discussing uh, various things yeah. over the years. And, and quite frankly, the fact that we've been doing it as long as we've been doing it sometimes just boggles my mind. Um, <laughs> but the fact that folks have, have, have stuck around and, and listen and, and, and even pay attention to what we say. Um, I know, because, right? You know, it's kind of scary that way, isn't it's it? It's like, I mean, it's like we're not an authority about anything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I my mind is a wealth of useless knowledge. And, and this is one of those shows that I can actually use the fact that I, you know, I pay attention to the the credits in that film from 1983. It's like, yeah, you know, what the? Um, well, no use. You know, that's funny because that's something that that's something that uh, that Mindy has pointed out. This this notion of how much we know just as random bits, flotsam and jetsam, that's in our heads, whether we whether we get it or you know whether we whether we can really understand something or not we at least know some basics about something and uh that that seems to impress her every now and again so you know i guess i i think my mother once commented that if i had if i had the same skill in math that i seem to have for remembering things about tv shows and comic (laughs) books right um then uh you know my sister's an engineer and my brother's an architect and I'm not either of those things. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, every now and again, I sit there and think, man, I, what, what would it have been like if I had stuck with the business degree? <laughs> you know? and I'm like, I don't know that I would be very happy. <laughs> you know, I think that, the, well, and I think that that, that's, that's the thing that you have to, um, you have to remember is that the decisions we make get us to where we are for yeah. good and for ill, right? Yeah. Um, but wherever you are, and especially wherever you are this holiday season, take a minute and whether you're just hanging out with family or you're watching gremlins or um, you feel bloody and want silent night, deadly night, whatever it is you do for the holidays, take a minute and appreciate the fact that you you're whatever it is you're doing i mean appreciate the fact that you're spending time with family appreciate the fact that you're sitting on your couch vegging out to a movie whatever it is you're doing just appreciate it and and remember that uh while we're here while we get to do what we do whatever it is um it we should be appreciating that and if you're not enjoying yourself in your world then figure out a way to do what you enjoy um, yep. because uh, no, no matter where you are young or old, figure out what it is you want to do and do it. Yep. Agreed. And I, and I think it's important that you don't take everything so seriously that you end up miserable about everything. You, there, there is always hope. It might be, it might be small, and it might be, you know, part of the little things, but if you have an appreciation of the little things, sometimes that helps open up some of the bigger things. That's right. And remember that the one of the one of the things about this season, whether you're religious or not, is that it does come down to hope. Yeah. And some of the best genre films, whether it's, uh, you know, the 
whether you're well best holiday films whether you're looking at genre films or not generally tend to be about hope about family about friendship about the things that matter uh that make us better people and uh so how you know be there there's the resolution for next year be a better person no well we will uh we will fight to make each other better people And if you would like to stay connected with us as we go through the next season, there are plenty of ways that you can do that. Uh, All sorts of social media platforms and video platforms. You can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, If you would like to contribute financially to our uh, overnight success that's taking 13 years. You can do that as well. And if you have material you would like for us to review, whether it's a book or a movie, uh, you can send that. Uh, there's our mailing address as well. You know what? I think I'm. I did. I misspelled that. That's not. That's not supposed to be 3305. I just. I, I just realized that's not right. That's why we don't get any mail. That. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and tomorrow on uh, Live from the Bunker, author S.G. Blaze will be here talking about the new book. In, uh, it's the second book in the last Luminar- Lum- Lum- Luminarian series. Lumarian series. But it, it, that's, uh, that's tomorrow. Uh, Christopher is going to be filling in for me on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I got very excited about this. This is where I, the, this is where I first get to announce it. A. Martinez is going to be our guest on Bunker. The actor. Or probably, probably maybe going to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Because <clears throat> he's probably. in it. Right. So. That's a, and that, that, that's a topic. That's a topic for another show is, is. Um, Animated live action. Adapting beloved properties. <laughs> we've, talk, we've talked about adaptations before. And, I, and yeah. I, I don't, you know, we don't want to like belabor the point, but. Cowboy Bebop is the latest example of some really, really talented people, um, some actors who are doing just fantastic work with what they're given. Mm. But, but, yeah, you know, and and is uh, uh, I mentioned Terry Pratchett. There's the the watch, the, the Discworld TV series, <laughs> um, that you know. Yeah, I was I was entertained by him, but it, but it's a Terry terrible Terry Pratchett adaptation, you know. So I mean, there's there's topics to be had because, quite frankly, you know, I I I think that the casting for Cowboy Bebop was great. I think that there were other things that were not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, all right. Well, that, somebody, that somebody to look at something. down the line. Something down the line. All right. So that's going to do it for us tonight. I uh, want to thank everybody for being here. If you are new to the channel, uh, we do welcome you. We want you to stick around, uh, have your notifications turn on, subscribe to the channel. We're very close uh, to uh, 2,000 over on our YouTube channel. We're all, I think we're hit at 149 on Odyssey. So find us on the various different socials and all that. Stick around. You might enjoy some of the stuff that we do here. So uh, having said that, uh, that's it. Last last one of the year is in the can. Here we go. Happy holidays, folks. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Stay as healthy as you can. Wash your hands. Wipe your nose. 
And we will be back next year uh, here on the H2O Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.